What you believe about yourself and your life is likely not based in reality, but in bullshit stories that you did not consent to, pieced together throughout your life with ideas offered to you from external sources. This podcast is here to help you recognize and dismantle those stories so you can reclaim your power and achieve what you want in life. Welcome to Yeah, I Made That Up with life and business coach Kelly Jackson. I got bad again. This pattern is well practiced. I've hinged my self-worth on my body shape and size for as long as I can remember. My body started to curve around the fifth or sixth grade, which is also when my period began. I got thighs in seventh grade and with them came cellulite. Ew, cover that up. I remember a boy shouting down the hallway of my junior high one day when I wore shorts to school. I don't recall exactly, but I think that may have been the last time I wore shorts to school, or anywhere. My boobs didn't ever grow past a C-cup, which makes my body a pear shape. Although, if you've seen me in person or photograph since about 2014, you'd not know that. I wear padded bras that add two cup sizes, giving the illusion of an hourglass shape. And here's a mindfuck. I used to believe that wearing padded bras made clothes shopping easier because there are more options for an hourglass shape than a pear shape. If it fit my waist, it was too small for my thighs, so the larger bust line filled out the top more. And that's actually true for the clothes that I searched for. But my cognitive bias led me to only seek out clothing designed for an hourglass shape, so I wasn't even trying to find clothes to fit my actual body shape. And then I was pretending that they didn't exist simply because they weren't what I was finding. And that's how cognitive bias works. The reticular activating system in our brain works overtime to make sure our experience of the world reinforces our beliefs about the world. So it's not that clothing isn't made for pear-shaped bodies, but that my search criteria was not including that clothing. I did never find the thing that I wasn't actively searching for, so my experience reinforced the belief that it didn't exist. And I still wear the padded bras. The story isn't a now I love my body and everything is perfect story. It's a I'm still doing this work too, y'all story. Maybe one day I'll get different bras, but I tend to keep my bras for years and that day is not today. So I got fat again. This thought is a really interesting one. The body image work I've done has been really surprising because when I discovered that I needed to do any work here at all, it was after a pretty major weight loss accomplishment. I had been doing thought work on other areas of my life and seeing significant changes. I was breaking free of pressure points all over the damn place. The playbooks I held for my partner and myself within the context of our relationship, 
the way I showed up as a direct sales consultant, the way I showed up as a leader, my scarcity mentality around time and money, my friendships, my relationships with my family, my fears of success and failure. And I thought that my weight loss was due to all the thought work I was doing, that I was finally loving my body enough to lose weight. I got down to a size six and I was so proud of myself. I couldn't stop looking at myself in the mirror. I loved the muscle tone I had. I loved the way my jeans fit. It was so fun being in this size six body for about two weeks. And then I started picking apart the various aspects of my body that were not quite good enough. If my thighs were just a little smaller here and, and here, and if, if that bulge above my knees was just in a little more, then I'd truly be happy with my body. So The size six was a great stepping stone, but I actually needed to be a size four. For my stature, a size four is what would be best. And then magically, a pair of size four goal jeans appeared in my closet. That's when I realized that I had it all wrong. I finally loved my body enough to lose weight is fucking backwards. That's not how it works. That's not how any of this works. We cannot love ourselves enough into changing things that we are ashamed of. We have to work on the shame itself. We have to dismantle the thought patterns that we did not consent to in order to accept the parts of ourselves that we've been ashamed of. We have to learn to love the parts we've been loathing. And that sounds so impossible for the things that we've spent our entire lives being ashamed of. It's not like flipping a switch when we shift the thought patterns that we did not consent to. And that's why positive thinking doesn't work for so many of us. We have to get to neutrality first and learn to believe the thing we've been shaming ourselves for is just there. Not that it's good, just that it's not bad. And then we have to try to change our emotional state. Because we try to run away from the shame by changing the thing itself, and we end up just reinforcing the pattern. So when I lost weight and got down to a size six, it felt good for a short period of time, but I hadn't worked on the thought patterns. So that meant that after the initial celebration of, yay, I did the thing, I slid back into picking apart my body, primarily focusing on my thighs. I had to dismantle everything I believed about my body, bodies in general, women's bodies, health, beauty, pain, illness, and a whole lot of other stuff, and recognize which beliefs I held that I did not consent to. Spoiler alert, it was all of them. Then, 
I had to accept my body as a neutral thing that exists. Not good, not bad, just there. It's only once we reach neutrality that we can shift further into a more pleasant emotional state like joy, gratitude, or love. The work is not easy, and it takes time. And I truly believe that it takes a third party for most of us, which is where a coach comes in. And it's also not necessarily done when you think it is. It's an ongoing process. When COVID first became a conversation topic where I live in the Midwest, my girlfriend and I stocked up on dry goods, cans of beans, boxes of gluten-free pasta, rice, sauces, things we could eat should we get sick or otherwise be unable to obtain food. And this was in early February of 2020. Valentine's Day, we attended a concert. And a few days later, we were both really sick. She didn't have health insurance. Thanks to the ACA, I did. And I was diagnosed with pretty much everything except COVID. <laughs> and wasn't even tested for it because it, quote unquote, wasn't here yet. It wasn't even an option given. Not mentioned during my appointment at all. COVID was in Seattle and that was about it. No one was talking about it here in the Midwest. If we examine the symptoms that my girlfriend and I both had, they were similar, though not exactly the same. Both sets of symptoms included what we now know as COVID standards, difficulty breathing, shortness of breath, loss of taste and smell, etc. I couldn't take a deep breath without feeling what I describe as sparkles in the bottom of my lungs until at least June. And I couldn't walk up the stairs to the second story of my house without getting winded until about August. It's still inconclusive whether or not either or both of us had COVID, but the specific diagnoses are completely irrelevant. This was my experience over the course of a few months. And while we were both in the most sick stages, we lived on the foods that we had previously stocked up on, and it was several weeks before we needed to purchase more groceries. At that point, food options were limited. Supply chains were down around the country and around the world, and people were panic buying some pantry staples. My body does not love a diet that's high in starches. I experience fibromyalgia flares and other autoimmune symptoms with certain foods in any quantity and other foods in higher quantities. With the quarantine foods we had available to us, my body experienced a higher levels of inflammation than it's used to. And without being able to breathe properly for a few months, I opted not to push my body too hard, choosing gentle movements to facilitate healing and recovery. And over those few months, my body expanded. I got fat again is what my brain likes to offer. It's an old pattern. It's one that's well-practiced but I did not consent to it. And it's entirely fucking optional. 
To dismantle the shame associated with the thought I got fat again, I had to first go into what I think fat means. The thoughts I've chosen to think on purpose are that adipose tissue has no moral value, and that human bodies come in all shapes and sizes, none of which are inherently better or worse than any others. And if that sounds boring to you, great. But the patterned thoughts that I did not consent to are everything from I'm a bad partner to I'm a bad woman to I must not love myself enough to I'm so lazy to my business is going to fail if I'm fat. The work here begins with calling bullshit on those old thought patterns. Then it's fostering compassion for myself and my body. My body went through some shit in 2020, y'all, and it survived. And I truly believe that the recovery process went smoothly even without medical intervention after the initial round of antibiotics, partially because I was able to tap into compassion for my body. And yes, I gained some weight in the process. And yes, I'm still working on loving my body as it is today, because this work is not a one-and-done kind of situation. Our shit comes back up and we face it again and again. Each time is a little easier, a little quicker, and a little less intense, because we've done it before. The work is familiar. We know what to do. And over time, it becomes something we can wave off without much effort. That's the place I'd like to help you get to in every area of your life. Because how you do anything is how you do everything. If you're doing anything from a place of self-loathing, and if you're working on losing weight that's probably coming from a place of self-loathing, then you're doing pretty much everything from that place. Hustling for your self-worth. If I could just get thin enough, then I'd be lovable and I could be successful. And that is completely fucking backwards. You did not consent to that. So let me help you shift it. Email me to sign up for an exploratory call. Pressurepointcoaching at gmail.com